Good evening, and welcome. This is the Deacon and Co. Show, episode number 64. My name is Deacon. I am the host of this hourly, I would say, long show, weekly, uh, and probably sometimes more with two episodes, if you want to call that, um, broadcast. And I hope that you guys are tuning in to hear some cool shit and to hear the latest on what's going on around the sports world and with the greatest band that ever lived. And by that I mean, of course, Metallica. Today, uh, on episode 64, it's a very different kind of show for you guys. Uh, I had a last a second cancellation on today's guest, so no problem. Still delivering on episode 64 for you guys. Because I promised, and I try to keep all my promises. Today, the 13th of November, 2021. I uh, brought it up last week in the touchdown report, or on a couple days ago on the touchdown report. Uh, and the crazy thing is that when these events happen, and, you know, special holidays and, and dedicated days that are given for these people... Um, we all should take time to reflect back on each of these things because it obviously wouldn't be of importance if they didn't take time to make it nationally known. So, happy Veterans Day once again to all the veterans who fought, served, and uh, defended us uh, in this great country that we live in, the United States of America. Thank you all once again. Moving forward here, uh, got some Met news before we get into... The uh, quick sports update. Actually, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I'm going to do this in a reverse order today because I figured that it would be a little easier for you guys to uh, uh, deal with the heavy load that's coming on this episode today who are not of the sports fans. So, that being said, let's get the quick sports update out of the way so that way we can move on to the other topics here. So... What we got going on quick here is a recap of Thursday Night Football where we saw some crazy madness happen, as it always does in the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens were 8.5-point favorites on the road against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the over for this game was 46. Now, I came on air and mentioned to you guys that I like the Ravens and I like the over in this game. But a client of mine who was traveling down to this game for whatever reason, convinced me. And the last words I said to him, and that he is an eyewitness, so if I really have to tell you guys that I'll have him make a statement to post it on air, I said to him, dude, I have a feeling with your energy, not that it really makes a difference with one person, or does it, because I do believe it does, with your energy, the Miami Dolphins are going to win this game, and they're going to take the under. And those were the last words I said to him before I dropped him off and he got on the plane, True story, and sure enough, the Dolphins came up with the upset, 22-10. to 10. Uh, Something about this guy, something about people that, that travel out of state. Like I had mentioned to him, I'm going to mention to you guys. I love when I hear people are fan of teams that are out of state. Now, I'm not talking about somebody jumping on ship here saying, oh, I'm a diehard Cleveland Cavaliers fan, or I'm a diehard Laker fan because LeBron James plays there. No, no, no. I'm talking about the real, the real fans who travel, who are fans of teams that are out of market, not in New York. Because, let's face it here, the New York sports scene is terrible. As much as we want to sit here and say that we're a competitive market, we're not, especially when it comes to football. We thought what we were going to see 
anything different from the Jets and the Giants, I'd like to know what drugs you guys are on, and please share, because there was no way that the Jets or the Giants had a fucking shot walking into this season. Uh, same thing on the baseball aspect. You're going to see these guys there every year. The Yankees are always fighting to get in there. Uh, the Mets had a halfway decent season and blew it. But these are teams that are not there now. And for a strong franchise like the New York Yankees to be suffering like they have uh, is unacceptable. Basketball, I can guarantee you right now that the Knicks and the Nets are not bringing New York a championship, which therefore leaves hockey. Uh, I don't see the Rangers winning a championship this year. And I can tell you, despite the wonderful guest that I had last week, and hats off to you, I hope you guys had uh, caught episode 63, but... This young man is uh, remarkable, uh, David Lazar, in his writing skills, his speaking skills, and I think that he's going to, one day, you guys will be listening to him as well as me, uh, but he does have the potential and the hard work uh, drive to do that and get his goals accomplished, but I do not think the New York Islanders are going to make the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think they are a good team, and to tell you the truth... Uh, not because I'm a hater, uh, it's just basically now, think about the scenario here before anybody says something like, oh, Deacon, you're out of your mind, you're a fucking hater. Same thing, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say justification here that may understand where I'm coming from, and it's going to hate on my team too, so Laker Nation, I'm sorry, in advance. But look at what you had the last two years when the Islanders went back-to-back to, back to, the, to the Eastern Conference Finals, Okay. Uh, same thing could be said for Tampa Bay. Uh, same thing could be said for anyone who's won a championship during COVID. But hockey and basketball in particular, let's take a look at this real quick. First year of lockdown of COVID, you came back August 1st. You guys were trapped in two hub cities, Toronto and Vancouver, okay? Uh, so now you turn around, or Edmonton rather, I'm sorry, one of them Canadian uh, cities. So you turn around and you're not going anywhere besides to the rink, to the hotel, back to the rink. To the hotel, back to the rink. What travel did you have? You had no travel on your body. Your body had lots of rest, and the only thing you were doing is basically like reliving a dream as a kid. Oh, all right, cool. We're going away for a hockey tournament this weekend. Hockey tournaments, you don't have to move from place to place to place to place, traveling every other night, four games in four different cities a week. So that's one disadvantage that... Everyone who didn't take advantage of, obviously, lost. And the Islanders capitalized on it, as well as the other teams that reached the finals and whatnot as well. Um, same concept with the next year. The Islanders did their traveling, so did the rest of the league. But where did they go? They did not travel out of the eastern region. So they did not go and face a five-game West Coast road trip. They did not go and face these longevity road trips that they're going on because... The COVID restrictions allowed it to happen. When you're traveling, playing a game on Thursday night, and then you have to be on the West Coast on Friday, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for your adjustment. Your eating habits as an athlete obviously have to change, but now your eating schedule is off schedule because of your different time zone. There's many factors that play into this. So, again, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals one game away from getting to the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, same thing goes for the Lakers. No, I'm not, I'm not just saying... You know, that, that the Islanders were the only team that, that, you know, did not show, you know, me enough 
to show to win. So even with Tampa Bay, they didn't show me enough. They were the best team in hockey, yes, but again, didn't travel to play those other teams. So if you turn around, and this is the argument that I have every single day, is if you finish the season six and eleven, okay, in football, but if you win all six of your division games, that would mean that you're six and zero in the division. You're the best team in the division, right? You should win that division because it's based upon division record. So a team could go, all right, let's just think about this like this now in reverse sense. A team could go 11-6, and six, losing every single game in the division, and still win the division. It's fucked up. It's, it's, it's beyond fucked up. I, I just It's one of those things that really set me off, and it's set me off for many, many years. But this is the same concept in my eyes of the traveling and whatnot. The Lakers may have never won a championship if they weren't in the bubble. They had three months off to rest. They came back well prepared. They were the best team in the bubble, and they won. But again, there wasn't a real. It's a championship. Yes, I sh- I'm happy about it. Thank you that we got it. But it's not the sense of doing it and winning it in fashion of doing it the way that you normally would do it with the crowd and the effects of being on the road and home court advantage and all of that. So yes, I'm happy. But the Islanders with this crowd and and noise and effect of having to travel West Coast. Trust me when I tell you the Islanders are not winning the Stanley Cup this year. But moving forward with that, Hockey World this evening, speaking of hockey, we got going on just a little whiles away. That should timestamp the actual time of when I'm actually recording this. Um, We have earlier this afternoon, rather, let me start off with that, 5-2 Boston Bruins played in Jersey to beat the Devils. The Maple Leafs are playing the Sabres. The Penguins are playing the Senators in Ottawa. Canadians are playing the Detroit Red Wings, an original six matchup there. Uh, Panthers are playing the Lightning. The Rangers are playing the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Kings are playing the Winnipeg Jets. The St. Louis Blues are playing the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And the Arizona Coyotes are playing the Nashville Predators. 8 o'clock we have the Philadelphia Flyers and the Dallas Stars. And then the Nightcaps come on with the San Jose Sharks playing the Colorado Avalanche. Vancouver Canucks playing the Vegas Golden Knights. And the Minnesota Wild are playing the Seattle Kraken. Which, for an expansion team on the Kraken, really, really disappointing that... They're off to a four nine and one start. Um, didn't expect that from you know. You had an option of picking the players. I get you're not going to be able to get every you know superstar, but they had a decent roster and they they definitely are off to a slow start. So we'll see what happens in the future with them. But um, it's good to see that hockey is back in or up in Seattle near the West Coast over there because. They definitely need it up there. Uh, going on now, uh, the Heat and the Jazz are playing in Salt Lake. Uh, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans later, 76ers and Pacers, Wizards, Magic, Pistons, Raptors, Celtics, Cavaliers, Timberwolves, Clippers are going to end the basketball for this evening. A uh, couple of uh, Met notes I wanted to bring to you guys. Not sure if you guys are aware, but I made... Um, Multiple times I've I've made aware uh, made awareness of this situation, uh, the All Within My Hands Foundation by Metallica. These guys have teamed up with Wolverine Boots to make a special Metallica Wolverine boot. Thought it was kind of cool that they did that, and obviously proceeds are going to be. Some of the proceeds are going to be going to the All Within My Hands Foundation here. And 
quick update. I had uh, some news that Metallica was doing some crazy new event. So I got some information on that, as I promised I would have for you in the last episode. So this is kind of bizarre. All right, and email me, deaconacosho at gmail.com, if you find this also bizarre. Uh, so Metallica is performing at the debut of Triad Combat on November 27th. That What they will be doing is they will be accompanying the Fight Night festivities by playing a full concert, but the thing about the concert is it's going to be spread out during the whole event, and then after the fights are over, Metallica is going to have um, a main event going on. So... You can check this out at Ticketmaster.com, Metallica, Texas. Uh, Triller Fight Club is what's going on. And the pay-per-view, as I mentioned to you guys, is 20 bucks. So I find it a little weird that they're going to space out a concert. Like, what are you going to do? Like, give two or, you know, one or two songs uh, between every fight and then, like, put on, like, encores or whatever you're going to do at the end of it? I, I don't know. It's going to be weird. Not sure what to expect. But I am definitely, definitely excited about this. So... Um, one other note that I wanted to bring up, uh, in regards to, uh, Metallica is last night they did some cool stuff at the, uh, Welcome to Rockville Festival in Daytona. So last night, the, uh, set list for Daytona, very, very similar to what I saw in Sacramento. Whiplash started us off, Ride the Lightning, Harvester of Sorrow, Going into Cyanide, the Memory Remains, One, Frantic, Off St. Anger, uh, Moth into Flame, No Leaf Clover, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Whiskey in a Jar, Fade to Black. Then, Master of Puppets ended it. And then, here you go, with the encores, Fight Fire with Fire. Y'all shall die. <laughs> Love it. Then we go into fuel, and then the normal way that I expect one of two ways to end a Metallica show, then we go seek and destroy. So that would be the way that I normally would end a show, or like that's the way I'm used to seeing a show end with seek and destroy, uh, or Sandman, either one. So uh, awesome job. I can only imagine, since we saw a very similar set list, what we're going to see next on Sunday, tomorrow, game day in Daytona, Black Album. So, big deal, uh, you know, 30 years, big deal, um, you know, 35 for puppets, but no one's talking about that as much as they are the Black Album, which is not Metallica's best album. Um, one other note that I wanted to make up before we get into the topics here, ladies and gentlemen, decoholics and children of all ages. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., after being released by the Cleveland Browns, is now signed with the Los Angeles Rams. Let's see how bad he'll fuck this team up. And Cam Newton got signed by the Carolina Panthers. Not sure if he's playing in tomorrow's game, but they re-signed Cam Newton, and it's a reunion for Cam and the Panthers. Obligation, though, with his signature on the paper for this particular contract for the remainder of 2021-22 season, what happens is he has to wear a feathered hat every game. <laughs> Just kidding. If you guys have ever seen Cam Newton's wardrobe, it's very um, vibrant, to say the least. And we're just going to leave it at that. Best of luck to Cammy on reuniting with 
your former squad. Now, bringing us into topic number two here, and this is an important topic. This is the only topic that I got for today, and then we're going to call it a night. But this is a very important one. Being with the guests that are coming up on the show and being what we got going on in this particular moment of X amount of days left until the 40th anniversary shows, I was not sure if I was going to be able to get this in until after the new year, but I am super grateful that I had a cancellation and was able to get this in. Not super grateful for the cancellation because I hope the person feels better because they're sick, but uh, I was happy that I was able to do this and get this in here. Uh, The NBA, as we all know, celebrating 75 years, and I promised that I was going to reveal the 75 list for you guys. So with the 75 list, there's no particular order that this is in. Uh, There's no real, um, you know, 75th through um, 1 type of list. Um, But it's in alphabetical order, and I put together a top list for you guys Actually, a top 11, because I copied what the NBA did. The top 75, uh, the NBA 75 team, all the players are revealed, but there's an actually NBA 76 team. So I'm going to rattle them off uh, 10 at a time, and we're going to take some time to talk about this, uh, each one, and break it down for you. So, uh, again, this is all in alphabetical order. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Ray Allen, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo, I don't know how to say his fucking name. Giannis, the Greek freak. Uh, four, Carmelo Anthony. Five, Nate Archibald. Six, Paula Reason. Seven, Charles Barkley. Eight, Rick Barry. Nine, Elgin Baylor. And ten, Dave Bing. So out of the first list here already, um, this is an all-NBA 75 team. Okay, Obviously, you got to respect the older people and uh, the newer people that are in the league now, the legends and the currents, all right? But I really don't feel that Carmelo Anthony should be on this top 75 list. Um, He has done nothing in his career uh, to show me that he deserves to be on a top elite player of all time. Uh, Even with the championship, uh, which would have made the difference for me to have him on this list or not, um, Carmelo Anthony has had many opportunities, uh, you know, with his career, and the times that he's basically came up in the spotlight, he didn't do what he had to do. And whether it be days with the Nuggets, days with the Knicks, because there was a time when he had a big lead on the Lakers as a Nugget, and the Lakers came back from, I believe, down 3-0, uh, 3-1 or, or a 3-2 lead, and, and they came back and they won the series. So that being said, I know he's a Laker now. Hope he does well for us, but definitely I don't think he should be on this list. Uh, 11 through 20 is Larry Bird, Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain, Bob Cousy, uh, Dave Cohens, Billy Cunningham, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Dave DeBouchier, and Clyde Drexler. All right, I love AD, but AD definitely shouldn't be on this list. It's too young in his career, too young in his career to be on an elite path. The guy can't complete a season. Uh, has never done so in his professional career, and uh, to me, uh, he shouldn't be on there. Great player, but as time is all said and done, he might be a Hall of Famer, but not on the top 75 list for me. 21 through 30. Tim Duncan, Kevin Durant, Julius Irving, Patrick Ewing, Walt Frazier, Kevin Garnett, George Gervin, Hal Greer, James Harden, 
John Havlicek. Okay, so problem with Kevin Durant on here, problem with James Harden on here, don't belong on this list. When Durant's all said and done, then maybe Durant could be on that list, but James Harden definitely doesn't belong on this list. Uh, 31 through 40. Uh, Elvin Hayes, Allen Iverson, LeBron James, Sam Jones, Michael Jordan, Jason Kidd, Kawhi Leonard, Damon Lillard, Jerry Lucas, round off 31 through 40. So I have a problem with Kawhi Leonard and Damon Lillard being on this list. I like them both, but I don't see them on a top 75 list. Uh, Damon Lillard has no championships, has no acolytes besides uh, winning uh, or all-star game appearances. Um, I can't see them putting... Why would you put him on a list? Because he's a popular player now. Um, still love Lillard. Hope he comes to the Lakers, but doesn't, doesn't belong there in my opinion. 41 through 50 here. And uh, this is so crazy about this one because this is probably one of the only ones that I felt were correct that could be left alone. Uh, the mailman, Carl Malone, Moses Malone, Pistol Pete Maravich, Bob McAdoo, Kevin McHale, George McCann, Reggie Miller, Earl Monroe, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki. Um, absolutely. Uh, no question in my mind that they all of those players should be on this list. Um, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, Robert Parrish, Chris Paul, Gary Payton, Bob Petit, Paul Pierce, Scotty Pippen, Willis Reed, Oscar Robinson. I don't have a problem with this list at all either on, on that group of guys. I think they're all rightfully so belonged on that list, especially the things that Chris Paul continues to do. He's one of the only few modern players or current players um, that I would feel comfortable putting on this list. Now, 61 through 70. David Robinson, Dennis Rodman, Bill Russell, Dolph Shays, Bill Sharman, John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas, Nate Thurmond, Wes Unseld, Dwayne Wade. Um, I really don't know if I would particularly put Dolph Shays and Wes Seld on this list. Top 100, yes. Not top 75, though. Uh, 71 through 76, because they ended this off... Uh, with six instead of uh, 76 instead of 75. So 71, Bill Walton, 72, Jerry West, Russell Westbrook at 73, 74, Lenny Wilkins, 75, Dominique Wilkins, and 76, big game, James Worthy. Um, absolutely not with Russell Westbrook. Uh, same concept applies. And need, winning a championship is not need be to be on this list. Um, but Rus Russell Westbrook does not belong on a top 75 list. And uh, he's not really fitting out too well right now with the Lakers. And it's tough when you have all these egos on one particular team that, you know, trying to coexist and give up numbers that normally would happen. It only really worked out for LeBron James. Uh, turning around, uh, I mean, obviously Kevin Durant, too, found a way to win with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green and all the boys in Golden State, but this is a different squad, and without LeBron James being out the last couple of games for the Lakers, and it's not been going well, 
uh, with AD and Westbrook and the rest of the squad. Um, they look terrible. Uh, they got blasted last night by a Minnesota team who had no business winning that game. But when Westbrook's continuously shooting poor and the rest of the team is shooting poor, um, at what point do you realize like that LeBron James coordinates all these teams? No longer is basketball run by the coaches. It's run by the players, especially if it's on the Lakers now. Um, I gave a top 11 here list of the uh, my top 11 players of all time, and I actually ranked them. So, right, why wouldn't I rank them, right? So, this list was a little difficult for me to write and putting these guys on the list because I always have a top five, and my top five has been solidified, uh, probably won't ever change, uh, and there's not going to be anybody else on this list that could really impress me because these guys have done so much to make their staple and the foundation of what we know as the National Basketball Association. So, that being said, number 11. One of the best rebounders to do it of all time. He's got a lot of hardware to show for it. Dennis Rodman. Uh, it definitely has to be on this list. Um, he, he's pretty fucked up in the head emotionally uh, when it comes down to it. Uh, misunderstood, and that's all he was. Great individual, and uh, personally, uh, he probably learned so much from that Bulls run, um, you know, and taught him a lot about how who he was and his comfortability and whatnot and made him playing with the best player that ever lived, the player that he was. He was a great player, a good player, and then became a great player. Number 10 uh, has to be on this list because of what he's done and, and the competition that he's had uh, is a lot different than what was going on in the olden days. Uh, LeBron James is going to be number 10 for me. I don't like LeBron James, uh, but I have to support what he does uh, because his current campaign resides with my team. Uh, but uh, LeBron James definitely deserves to be on this list. Uh, number nine, the best fundamental basketball player that ever lived, Tim Duncan. And it's weird. It's weird to hear me say that, all right, because Tim Duncan, all right, <laughs> uh, is a spur, was a spur, and played in Wake Forest. Does anybody know off the top of their head, what the name of Wake Forest sports team is. Uh, the Demon Deacons. Well, let, me, let me tell you something. I'm Deacon. Not you, motherfuckers. Me. So, fuck Wake Forest. I don't like them. I've always hated them. I don't like the way that they made the mascot. That's why. Part of it, too. But, uh, Tim Duncan... and uh, Sorry. Continue on Wake Forest. So, not only do I don't like Wake Forest... But my biggest competition in the Kobe Bryant era, or as or was for a long time for current uh, Lakers as well, San Antonio Spurs. Between these two teams, and I brought this up in prior episodes, you have 11 championships in the 2000 era. Okay? That's a lot. Think about it. That's a lot. So, or rather I would say, Going back from the time of thinking about it now, those two particular teams had 11. And then you add on this one that we recently had uh, last year. So 12 championships out of the first 21 years of our decade, um, of our century rather, have belonged to the San Antonio Spurs or the Los Angeles Lakers. Many times did they meet during the playoffs. Many times those games were grueling and tough matchups. 
The teams were so well coached. The teams were so well built that it could have went any way either night. And to watch them, and at the time that I went through this of watching this as a Laker fan, and I was a, a diehard Laker fan since I'm a kid watching this, I hated playing the Spurs. But Tim Duncan is the best fundamental basketball player that ever lived. Number eight. Go to the other side of the rivalry. <laughs> Skycat, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, the reason why he's so far back on this list is because there's many people that will argue that of who the greatest Laker was of all time. My greatest Laker of all time is Magic Johnson. When Kareem went down multiple times in the playoffs, Magic Johnson took over in a game in Philly in the finals and won that game and brought the championship back to Los Angeles for the Lakers. Um, Skycap obviously had a big presence on the glass. The guy was huge, and uh, the hook shot was unreal. Number eight on that list. Number seven, Julius Irving, Dr. J. Has to be on the list. Um, Dr. J, man. Just what else do we want to say about him? One of the greats, legends. Uh, six, the best center I've ever watched. And this is no exaggeration. The best, Shaquille O'Neal. The way that this man dominated the boards, the paint, the glass, everything, okay? The only thing he couldn't do, all right, was shoot free throws. That was the only concern I had with Shaq. I would always get a little nervous because he couldn't shoot free throws. Number five, one of the best, if not the best Celtic of all time, Bill Russell, um, early battles with the Lakers and versus Jerry West. And uh, what really started that rivalry between the Lakers and Celtics was in the Bill Russell era. You got to have respect for the great 11 championships for him. Yeah, really. Number four, Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. The Black Mamba. What can't you say about the acolytes of this man's career? Um, going to the Olympics, winning five championships, doing it without Shaq, doing it with Shaq, the drama between Kobe and Shaq, all the all-star appearances, everything that the man meant for the city of Los Angeles, for kids growing up that had somebody to look up to and did not disappoint. Um, life ended too soon for Kobe. I would have. I, I do believe that a lot of great things would have happened if he was still here and the movement um, for women's rights and everything else that he was stood for and um, taken away too soon. Number three, Larry Bird. In the 80s, as we could say, the Celtics and the Lakers were the Spurs and the Lakers of the 80s. So you think about it like this, that you had out of the 10-year decade that you had in the 80s, the Celtics or the Lakers were in the finals 9 of the 10 years, bringing home 7 out of the 10 years for either the Lakers or the Celtics. Larry Bird with his cast of characters and Red over in Boston held a superior ground in the Eastern Conference that then was taken by the Detroit Pistons. And after the Pistons had their run, and their short run, 
couple years, three, four years, okay? Then it was Michael Jordan's turn, and Michael Jordan never looked back being the most dominant player of all time. But Larry Bird and the next, his co-conspirator here on this one, number two on my list, Magic Johnson, saved basketball for all of us to enjoy today. And that is the truth. If you don't want to believe it, 30 for 30, ESPN, I talk a lot about these. Watch, it's narrated by Donnie Wahlberg, and it's narrated by Ice Cube. Story of the Lakers and the Celtics. Watch this tale, and you will see how much a hated rivalry is. And you will see how two teams hated each other. And how two people, Magic and Larry, hated each other. And had nothing but the most utmost respect for one another. Save the game of basketball. Well, that would now come down to number one. And who didn't I say? Everybody knows what's coming. Number one, the best basketball player that ever lived was Michael Jordan. And before the Lakers, I was a Bulls fan. Early, mid-90s, all the way up until 97. 97, 98, Jordan wins the championship, retires, and I became a Lakers fan. I became a Lakers fan when Kobe and Shaq started to have their success together, when they started to join forces together. But as soon as the 96 season was starting, I had this feeling that as a kid, like, I'm not committed to a team. I'm only watching the Chicago Bulls whenever they're on TV. So I took a team, the Los Angeles Lakers, and I became a fan. And I watched every fucking game. And even to this day, I don't miss games. I may sometimes have to record a game, but I still watch it. Or I watch it on the recap. Fans do that. It's very difficult for somebody who lives on a different East, West Coast scenario, okay, to have to stay up oh, 10.40, 10.50 at night when these games start. Um, but I do. And it's very difficult at times, but... That's what fans do. Uh, it's going to bring us down. Basketball-related genius of the week here. If you guys have any questions about that list or think anybody that I mentioned on the top 75 list does not belong there or should be on there that hasn't mentioned, that was not mentioned, then email me, deaconandcoshow.gmail.com. Follow me while you're doing that on the majors of social. Instagram and Twitter, deaconandcoshow. Thank you. Genius of the week here. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's son is serving 180 days in house arrest, or on house arrest, rather, for stabbing his neighbor with a hunting knife one year ago over some trash cans. Now, I can't make this shit up, and normally a genius of the week is not somebody who is going to commit a uh, violent crime like this. Like So I'm going to give 13 genius of the weeks awards out this week, okay? The 12 jury members who decided this and Kareem's son. Why would you give somebody 180 uh, days on house arrest as a slap on the wrist to an unjust crime and the man that he stabbed was 60 years old? I I mean, it's just so mind-boggling to me how his slap on the wrist for something that really could have seriously hurt the guy with injuries on the back of his neck, his ear, and his head. So, uh, I mean, it, to me, it, it's 
Genius of the week. You cannot have that type of stuff go on in the justice system. I'm not saying the guy needs to have life in jail, but he needs to actually go to a jail and be punished and served for the crime that he did of allegedly, or not alleging, actually stabbing somebody. I always was brought up, respect your elders, I guess the memo does not go to everybody. <laughs> Genius of the week there, ladies and gentlemen. Two Rapids here. Who wrote this show with Two Rapids here? All right, well, here we go. Rapid number one here, and this is a question that our buddy, our dear buddy, Jordan um, Blackhurst of Minnesota, and guest on episode 61. If you haven't checked it out, go back and do so. And don't forget to hit the touchdown reports each week for all your NFL needs. And episode 63 is available too. He wanted to know what was Metallica's better opener? Either Whiplash or Hardwired? And this is the answer that I gave him. I'm going to say Whiplash is a better song, but Hardwired is a better way to open up a concert. But that's not the uh, rapid that we have here. The rapid that we have here is Metallica's best opener. And for me, it's going to be either Bread Fan... Or Creeping Death. Yeah, so... I mean, to me, either one of those songs are the best way to open up a Metallica concert. And the crazy thing about this is that even though Bread Fan is a cover, it is played many times as an opener, and it's got a huge reaction out of it. And I think that it's an awesome way. And it also, too, as I mentioned to Jordan, I think it all depends upon the venue. If you're somewhere inside... You want to start off with something that's going to be a little heavier. If you're outside, I guess it doesn't matter at that point because the heaviness is going into the air. So I think it also depends on the venue. Rapid number two here. And our final rapid for the day. Uh, so tough. I, who wrote this fucking show? Really, seriously. Uh, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant? All right. So this is a tough, 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 tough fucking question to ask me. Um, it's funny, I'm asking who wrote the fucking show. I, you guys know I wrote the show. Uh, Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant? Uh, my answer will always be Michael Jordan. Uh, only because he's the best of all time. He's perfection. He's 6 of 6, 6 MVP. Finalist. Um, I, come on. I mean, Jordan had the competition. He had to overcome different obstacles in his career. I'm not saying that Kobe Bryant didn't. Kobe is my guy. Kobe is my favorite Laker Uh I know he's not the best Laker of all time, but he's definitely uh, made an impact on me, obviously, as I mentioned earlier and many times on the show. But Michael Jordan, uh, I only wear Jordans. So the influence that Michael Jordan had on me, can only imagine how it rubbed off and passed on to Kobe Bryant. But Michael Jordan, there you go. There's your answer, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Laker Nation, don't hate me. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of me going on the rampage of the Top 75 or the NBA 75. Uh, be sure to enjoy game day tomorrow and as we have metal critics coming up on the next couple of weeks. I hope you guys are going to enjoy this because it's going to be fun to hear what the perspective is from other fans like myself 
that have gone to the festivals and concerts leading us into Metallica's 40th show. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, follow me on the majors of social, Deacon and Co. Show, Instagram and Twitter, and Deacon and Co. Show, gmail.com if you want to leave a line. Guys, for now, Deacon is out.